Welcome to the Rick Reed Sermon Podcast. Rick serves as the president of Heritage College and Seminary, where he has the joy of preaching God's Word and training the next generation of preachers. The sermons on this podcast are taken from Dr. Reed's preaching ministry in churches, conferences, and at chapel services at Heritage. You know, as we start, uh, just a couple of words. Uh, last last Thursday was, uh, unbeknownst to a lot of us here, was actually Thanksgiving Day down in the States. So uh, as you know, we came from Ca- California to Canada about 21 years ago. We're dual citizens. So last week, uh, Linda and I drove down to New Jersey, where we have two sons, their wives, and one grandson, and one on the way. So we went down there, had Thanksgiving Uh, with them and now come back, turn the page to Christmas. But I'm still kind of in the Thanksgiving mood and the Christmas mood. But I wanted to tell you how thankful I am for you. Uh, You are a group of men and women that bring great joy to my heart. I see in so many of you a keen desire to, with every breath, I long to follow Jesus. I see that in a lot of you. And I just want you to know, I speak well of you. When I get to go on the road, people say, how's the school? I say, you know, God is sending us some stellar men and women. And I'm thankful for you. So I also want you to know we're praying for you. Uh, Our staff and faculty meet most Wednesdays, unless we have special chapels or something. We meet and we pray. And most of those Wednesdays, we pray that God would give grace. And I know this season is a stretching time when you got papers, you got finals, you got pressure. And so we're praying for you that God would sustain you. And not just that you would get through it, which we hope you do. I had a friend who used to tell me this time of year, he said, remember what Shakespeare said, all's well that ends. And so some of you are just like, uh, it's going to be well when it ends. But uh, we're praying that you'll not only just get through it, but you will profit from it. You will grow through it. So, and then I also wanted to say, this is kind of a big time of the year, not only with studies, but some other things. This weekend, uh, how many of you will be involved in the Benton Street uh, musical? Some of you here, a couple of you singing away, and uh, it's a big thing that Benton Street does. We've had some of our students that sing in it. It's a fantastic weekend of music and song. And then Sunday night, here's that wild thing, right here in this building, we will have people who have rarely, if ever, heard about Jesus. They've just not know. They don't know the Christmas story. They are new Canadians. They're part of ESL groups that some of our students here are a part of. My wife, Linda is a part of it. And we do a Christmas dinner where we get to tell them the best news of all what Jesus is. So that's going to be happening Sunday night. Could use a few of your help on Saturday at one o'clock. We need to set up tables in here uh, so that we can have, we'll probably have, we'll have dozens and dozens of people who don't know Jesus and maybe have never gotten a chance to hear. So one way that we can help is just make it hospitable. In fact, are, are any of you around on Saturday that you could just help me if I'm here at one, just setting up a few tables. Okay. Got a few of you. If you can jump in just for a half hour, 45 minutes, plan on that. And we're going to make it a beautiful place. And, and could you pray that God would use that? We get the chance as a, not only to love the gospel, but to tell the gospel, whether it's a Benton street, whether it's here, whether it's Nate, we have students going door to door. It's an awesome time of year. So I just wanted to give you a heads up on that. So I, I got a question for you as I start out, how many of you have already started Christmas shopping? How many already got how many of you have not started a single bit of Christmas shopping? How many of you are feeling stressed about that? Okay. 
I read a survey that said Christmas time amps up the stress for most people because they think, I got to get these gifts and I don't have the money, I don't have the time, I don't have the idea. Well, I've already got a good, I got a good jump on Christmas this year. I got a number of things already for family and some things going. In fact, I brought one of the presents that I'm giving this year here to chapel. This is a gift that is for a very special person. And it's a person that I often forgot to give a gift to at Christmas. This is my gift for Jesus this year. See, a couple of years ago, that's well, more than a couple now, I realized that I used to make a list. In fact, I still do make a list with all the people I'm giving gifts to. And one name that was conspicuously not on my list was the one name that should be at the top of my list, the Lord Jesus. After all, it is his birthday celebration, right? We remember his birthday. How weird would it be to go to somebody's birthday party? Think of a friend of yours and they say, hey, we're having a birthday party for the friend. So you go to the friend's birthday and you bring presents for everyone else in the room, but not for the person whose birthday it is. I feel like, well, that's not right. And yet at Christmas, I realize that's what we often do. I'm giving gifts to everyone else in the room. But sometimes I wasn't thinking of what gift I could give to Jesus. So a number of years ago, I began the practice of every year thinking, okay, what is going to be my gift for Jesus this year? Well, as soon as I decided to do that, I ran into another problem. And my problem is, what should I give him? I mean, what do you give someone who already has everything? Literally, he created everything. He owns everything. He doesn't need anything I could possibly give him. So what do you give to Jesus if you want to give him a gift at Christmas or any time of the year. Well, thankfully, I got some good advice on a gift to give to Jesus. I got, it, I got this advice from some very wise men. In fact, they're so wise, they're known as the wise men. <laughs> like the Magi, like they were the ones who we think of who brought the gifts to Jesus. He was probably a toddler by that point, but they brought the gifts to honor him as the newborn king. So I did some study in the passage that tells us the account of the Magi coming to bring gifts to Jesus. And I learned some things from them about how I could give a meaningful gift to Jesus every year. So today, what I want to do in chapel, this is our last chapel of this semester. I want to take you to the passage where we see the wise men giving the gifts to Jesus. And here's what I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you what I learned about the kind of gift I could give to Jesus. But I got another motive. I'm hoping that you will join me in wanting to give Jesus a gift this year. And I'm going to show you what it's going to take, what it would be like for you to give a meaningful gift to Jesus this year. In fact, I'm going to invite you to do that. At the end of today, you'll get a, as you walk out, we got some little green sheets that say, my gift for Jesus. And you can take that to your dorm room. You can think about it. You can pray about it. And then when you're ready, if you want to do this, you don't have to do this. But if you want to do this, what you can do is you can write what your gift is going to be for Jesus. I wouldn't put your name on it. It's not, not for any of us. It's for him. And then this box is going to be in the prayer room. And you can do what I'm doing. You can slide in and just stick your gift sheet in the box to say, that goes on record. Jesus, you know, you know who I am and you know, this is my gift for you. So I've already thought through my gift for this year but I'm going to encourage you to think about what could be your gift for Jesus this year. And to do that, I want to show you what kind of gift you should give to the king. So join me in Matthew chapter two today. We're going to be in Matthew chapter two, verses one to 11. 
And I want to do some thinking biblically about gift giving, specifically about giving a gift for Jesus. But here's a little bonus. The things that I'm going to show you on giving a gift to Jesus, you can use this same grid for giving a meaningful gift to other people in your lives. You're thinking about a gift that you want to give for someone who means a lot to you. These same three things that we're going to see today can be used to help you figure out what kind of gift you can give to somebody else. But I'm going to focus it in on the gift we give to the one who means the most to us, the Lord Jesus today. So we're going to talk about thinking biblically about giving gifts from Matthew chapter two. Let me pray and then we'll jump. Lord, I thank you that this Christmas season we have the privilege of giving to you our hearts, the best of ourselves, and then to think of how that could play out, what that could look like. And I'm asking today, Lord, you would begin to form in our hearts and our minds a gift that we could bring to your son, Jesus, this Christmas that would honor him and would just make the season truly Christmas for all of us. And I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. I'm going to read verses 1 through 11. Matthew chapter 2 says this. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ, where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. Now they quote from the book of Micah. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you, from you, Bethlehem, shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy and going into the house. So it's a house now, right? It's not a stable. It's not a cave. It's a house. So going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. In those verses, I want to highlight for you three things that I learned about giving a gift to the king. Like what kind of gift do you give to Jesus? Here's what the wise men did. Here's what you can do if you're wise. I'm going to give you three things, three criterion that you should use in selecting a a gift for Jesus. Here's the first one. Give a gift that, first of all, give a gift that mirrors your heart. You want, if you're going to give a gift, it needs to come from your heart. It needs to be a reflection of your affection. It's a gift that mirrors, it showcases, it reveals your heart. 
I say that because that's what the Magi did. Look at verse 11. When we think of the Magi's gifts, what, what, do, you, what do you immediately think of when I say Magi's gift? You think, uh, what? Gold. You think frankincense. You think myrrh. And I would say, you're right, but that wasn't their first gift, was it? Look at verse 11. You'll see their first gift. It says, and going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. In other words, before they opened up their treasures to give him gold, frankincense, and myrrh, they opened up their hearts to worship. They fell down and worshiped. The first gift they gave him, the foundational gift they gave him was actually the gift of worship. In fact, that's the reason they made the long journey from wherever we think they're from the East. The reason they made the long journey was not just to give gold, frankincense and myrrh. That's not what they said. They said, the reason we've come is to worship. Look back at verse two. It says the wise men come. And in verse two, it says, they asked this question, where is he who has been born King of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose or some translations say in the East, and we have come to worship him. Like, so when they show up, they say, this is why we're here. We're here to worship. We're here to worship him. Where's the one born King of the Jews. We saw a star. We're here to worship him. I mentioned we went down to the States last weekend for uh, Thanksgiving, U.S. Thanksgiving. And when you come to the border crossing, as it happened to us last week, when we crossed the border into the States, the border guard always says citizenship. And you tell them your citizenship. And then he says, where are you headed? And then you tell them. And then often they say purpose of the trip. So the guy asked me purpose of the trip. And I said, you know, we have a couple sons living down in New Jersey and we're going to celebrate Thanksgiving with them. Like, that's why I'm going. That's the purpose of my trip. When the Magi showed up, if anyone asked them, like, why are you here? What's the purpose of your trip? They would have answered, as we see in verse two, our purpose is worship. We are here to worship him. We saw a star, newborn king, maybe from the book of Daniel, even we think there could have been some tip off that they were watching. And somehow God has allowed them to know that something big's going down in Judea and they come, they're not sure where he is, but they know he's somewhere. And why are you here? They say, well, here's our purpose. We're here to worship. So it's no surprise that when they find him, verse 11, they come into the house. First thing they do, they bow down and they worship. That's why they came. Here's the point. Whatever gift you give to Jesus this year, whatever, if it's a thing, or if it's an experience, if it's time, whatever gift you decide, the gift won't really be a gift unless it mirrors a heart of worship, right? That's what Jesus is looking for. He's looking for someone who will worship. So I can give him this lavish thing, whatever it is, but if it doesn't mirror my heart, if it's not a reflection of my affection, it doesn't really count much. It's got to mirror my heart. It's got a showcase. In fact, Herod said the same thing that the wise men did, but it wasn't a gift. Remember in verse eight, Herod says to the wise men, he says, listen, go find him. Then bring me word verse eight, that I may come and worship him too. So Herod's using the same language, but he doesn't mean what he says. Do you think God sees through language that sounds pious, but isn't real? Of course he does. So whatever gift I give to Jesus this year, 
if it's not a reflection of my affection, if it doesn't come from a heart of worship, it's not really a gift he's looking for. So that's the first thing I really, okay, whatever gift I'm going to give to you, whatever gift you're going to give to Jesus, it's got to come from a heart of worship. By the way, let me ask you, how's your heart doing these days? Sometimes in the crush of studies, you got all this stuff to read, all these chapters to read, all these papers to write. And look, you know, your professors, myself, we've all been through this. And we know one of the challenges is not letting this stuff just become another list of to-do things you got to get done so you can go and get on with your life and go have Christmas. Somehow in the midst of it, you need to keep praying, Lord, don't let my heart just treat this like it's just stuff to be learned. Help my heart to worship you. Even as I'm studying, even as I'm sweating deadlines, help me to say, Lord, this is true. This is you. See, whatever gift you give, it's got to mirror your heart. That's the first thing. Here's a second thing that comes from the Magi. Second wise piece of advice in giving a gift to Jesus. Not only give a gift that mirrors your heart, but secondly, give a gift that matters to you. Give a gift that you treasure. Give a gift that is costly. Give a gift that matters to you. It mirrors your heart, so it reflects your heart, but it's a gift that matters to you. I get that out of verse 11 again. If you look at verse 11, it says, And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then, catch this next phrase, opening their treasures. Opening their treasures. The Greek word there is thesauros, which gives us our English word thesaurus, thesaurus, right? Thesaurus is, it literally means um, a storehouse, a repository, a storing place. And a thesaurus is a place we store words. So you might even have a thesaurus that you look up and you see all the different synonyms. The word means it's a container. It's a place where you store things. And somehow the Magi came and they had, they had a container. They had a storage thing. And it was filled with things that they treasured. They didn't bring things that were cast off. They didn't bring things that were just kind of like, I don't need this. They gave things that really mattered to them, like precious things, costly things. I, uh, I have some friends, Linda and I have, they were in our wedding. So they've been longtime friends, uh, Jeff and Joan, and he's a pastor out on the West Coast. And he told me kind of a humorous story about when he and Joan got married, they were opening up their wedding gifts, right? And they get to this one gift. I forget who it's from. I didn't know him anyway, but let's say it's Tim and Shelley. Give them a gift. So they're opening up this gift from Tim and Shelly and they open it up and they look at it and they're not sure what it is, but it's some kind of a weird shaped pot turned out to be some kind of a fondue pot. So they're going, Oh, okay. Well, that's kind of interesting. And they pull it out of the box. They take off the lid and inside the lid is an, a card, another card. But on this card, it says to Tim and Shelly on your wedding day. So they open up that card and it was from somebody else who gave it to Tim and Shelly saying, here's a fondue pot for your wedding. And they had thrown the card back in the pot, never used it. And now Jeff and Joan are getting married. And it was like, hey, we got a gift already for them. So they had re-gifted this fondue pot that they clearly didn't want. Now, I think Jeff and Joan were good enough friends with these guys. I don't know if they ever told them or not, but we had a good laugh about it. But here's the thing. Do you think they felt cherished by that gift? <laughs> Not so much. I think Jesus is looking for a gift 
that actually not only mirrors my heart, but it's something that is a treasure to me. So you have to ask, what do I treasure? What could I give him that's something that really actually matters to me? I'm going to give you some ideas at the end, but you can be thinking about what kinds of things do I have that matters to me? Because for a gift to really be a gift for a king, not only needs to reflect your heart, it needs to matter to you. Well, you might say, well, here's my problem. I don't got anything that's really a treasure. I'm just a poor student. I'm just a poor person. I don't have some kind of gold and frankincense and myrrh. I don't got a storehouse of all these costly things. I can't give a gift to Jesus that matters a lot because I don't have a lot. And if you're feeling that, I've got good news for you. Do you remember in Mark chapter 12, Jesus tells the story of, actually the story is recounted where Jesus is standing in the temple watching people bring their gifts to God. Do you remember that story? And some wealthy people come up and they must've had bags of money and they're pouring it into the treasury, into the storehouse there. And you remember there was a widow, a, a, a lady who comes up Kind of nobody's noticing her. She's not a power player. She's not just kind of that impressive person. She comes up and Jesus is able to see. She puts in two little copper coins. And do you remember what Jesus said about that woman to his disciples? He stops them and goes, did you notice that lady? And I'm sure they were like, what lady? That little lady over there. And then he said, do you remember what he says? She gave what? She gave more than anybody else today because everybody else gave out of their treasures, but she gave all she had. So it wasn't the amount, was it? It was something that she treasured. Like she's got just a handful of coins and she's putting two of them in the, in the treasury. And Jesus says, I see that gift. So it's not about the amount. It's about something that's matters to you. When I was a kid, uh, my, my dad had this little, he had a little Christmas ritual. Every year, we, we, I had two younger sisters. I was the oldest. And he would gather us around the Christmas tree and he'd get this tape recorder and he would interview us. And he would have us maybe sing a song or a Christmas song we loved and then ask us some questions or quote a, a verse. And he was going down, started with me. I was the oldest. I think I was around six at the time. So I spout off whatever I'm spouting off. Then he goes to my sister, Rosie, who was four at the time. And Rosie, what do you want to say? And, and then he gets to my baby sister, Renee. She was almost two at that time. And he says to her, we're standing around. He goes, so Renee, what are you going to give to Jesus this year? And she says, a penny. And then you hear in the background, my sister and myself break into laughter. Because as a six-year-old, that struck me as hilariously funny that my baby sister is going to give a penny. What's a penny, you know? And so I'm laughing away. And Renee, all of a sudden you hear Renee break into tears and you hear this sobbing and wailing. And then you hear footsteps running off as she runs to her room crying. Now, here's the thing that I think about. I think when she said that, I don't think they were laughing in heaven. I don't think so. I don't think it was like, well, what's that? What's a penny to heaven? Because for a two-year-old, giving a penny was like giving, it was like breaking the bank. It's like, we're going big on this one. We're going to go with a penny. (laughs) And Jesus has a history of noticing the people who give what the world may say is kind of little. But he says, no, 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 that mattered to them. That's, that's really a good gift. 
So when I'm thinking about the gift I'm going to give to Jesus this year, when you think about the gift you could give, you got to say, okay, what is it that mirrors my heart? What is it that matters to me? If you give a gift that matters to you, it's a gift that will be noticed by him. Let me give you one more final thing. How do you give a good gift to Jesus? Mirrors your heart, matters to you. Here's the third one. Give a gift that matches his person. Like give a gift that fits him. Like when you give a gift to someone, you try to give a gift that you know they're going to like, that's going to fit them, that's appropriate for them. You think about the person and you go, ah, this gift matches that person. You do that for your family members. You think, okay, mom, let's say, what would mom, ah, this gift would match mom. What about dad? Well, this gift, or how about my baby sister? This gift, we do that all the time. When you give a gift to Jesus, you think, what's a gift that matches his person? What fits? Magi did that. Verse 11, they opened up their treasures and they gave him, here we're told, three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Think about each of those gifts. They match who he is. Gold. Gold's a gift you give to a king, right? First, first Kings chapter 10, when the queen of Sheba comes to visit King Solomon, she brings a lot of things, but heading the list, as it said, she brought large quantities of gold. Why did she do that? Well, because gold is a kind of gift that matters a lot. And when you're going to go see a king, you bring the best. And so they brought gold. That fit who Jesus is. He's the king. In fact, they even said that. Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? We got gold for him. So gold fits. Second one they bring is incense or some translations say frankincense. Do you know what that is, by the way, frankincense? It's, it's a substance that comes out of a tree. And what you do, this tree that was in the Middle East and the Far East, you, you take the tree, and as I'm told, you peel back the bark, and then you take a sharp knife, and you cut into the tree, and out oozes some resin. And that resin, it's kind of amber-colored, if you've ever seen it, that resin can be warmed, like heated up. And when it does, it emits a fragrance. It's very aromatic. Well, did you know that that frankincense, incense, was part of the Israelite sacrificial system. Listen to this verse from Leviticus chapter 2. I'm reading from Leviticus 2 verse 1. When anyone brings a grain offering as an offering to the Lord, his offering shall be a fine flour. He shall pour oil onto it and put frankincense on it. So like when you brought a grain offering to the Lord, one of the things that you mixed in was frankincense because frankincense was a gift that you gave to a deity. It was a gift you gave to God. So the Magi come and how, how much they understood about this, we don't know. But their gift fit him precisely because he was divine. Fit his person. Gold fits him as a king. Frankincense fits him as, as, as a divine one, as God. Third one they bring him is even stranger yet. They bring him myrrh. Myrrh is also a substance, and it was made into a perfume. So in that sense, it was kind of a special thing. But did you know that myrrh is only mentioned two other times in the New Testament? And both times, it's, on the, it's in the account of Jesus' crucifixion and his death. Mark chapter 15 talks about the soldiers coming up and offering. They put on a pole. They put a sponge. They filled it with sour wine mixed with myrrh. And they offered it up to Jesus. 
And then in John chapter 19, Joseph of Arimathea comes to take the body and he brings spices, it says, to kind of anoint the body. And one of the spices he brings is myrrh. Now, again, I'm not sure if the Magi understood this, but God was somehow orchestrating it. So the gift they get really fit Jesus. It fit him as one who was not only the king who was God, but it would fit him as the one who would grow up to be crucified and suffer and die. And somehow in that myrrh, there's at least a pointer that says something's going to happen. And later we find out that that something was his death. So the point I'm making here is this. When you give a gift to Jesus, you want to say, what gift do I have that mirrors my heart, matters to me, but matches his person? So let me sum it up and give you some ideas, just some starters. You don't have to do any of these, but maybe these will trigger some thoughts for you this year. I made a little list of the kinds of things that you might consider on a gift for Jesus this year. Here are some. You could give him an evening time, in other words, an evening spent alone with him this Christmas season where you turn off your phone and you shut out the world and you say, tonight, Jesus, I'm just here to thank you, to listen, to pray, to sing to you. I'm just here. This, my gift to you tonight is undistracted attention, full attention. That's my gift. I'm going to carve out a night in the middle of this crazy, busy season That's my gift to you. That could be a gift that matters to you. That matches who he is. Here's a couple others. Maybe you're going to give a gift of service done to someone else who has a great need, but you're going to do it in Jesus name. I'm going to take care. I'm going to serve this person. And that's going to be my gift to Jesus. He's going to know that I did this for them because I love him. How about this gift? Forgiving someone who's hurt you deeply. That would be a gift, not only to them, that'd be a gift to Jesus. Because when Jesus died, he said, father, forgive them. They know now what they do. And so when you forgive, you're being like him that matches him. How about this one going on a short term mission or even be involved with people that need to know Jesus, like new Canadians right here in Canada. I'm going to give him the gift of bringing the gospel to people who've never heard. Maybe another gift is this year, you're going to select a passage of scripture to memorize. Like Jesus, I'm not really good at memorizing, but I'm going to take this chapter, this section, and I'm going to memorize it. And I'm going to hide it in my heart. I'm going to store it in my heart as my gift to you. How about this one? Taking the gospel to people around you. Maybe this Christmas, you're going to go home and you got some high school friends that you'll reconnect with. Would it be your gift to Jesus to say this year, Lord, I'm going to pray that I have a chance to tell them, hey, can I, can I tell you what I've been learning? I've been at the school called Heritage. Can I tell you the main thing that I've been learning? And then you present to them the story of Jesus. That'd be a courageous gift. That's a gift that would cost you something, but that's a gift that would match who Jesus is. That's just a starter set. What I'm going to be inviting you to do is to take some time And to think about what gift you might give Jesus this year that mirrors your heart, matters to you, and matches his person. When you go out today, we're going to give you a little half sheet, a little green thing that says, like I put in, my gift to Jesus this year. And I'm going to invite you just to take one, take it back to your your residence, wherever you live, your apartment, and to give it some thought. Like, don't just rip something off and write it down and put it away. Give it some thought. What would that be? And then this box that I brought, we're going to put in the prayer room. And it's going to be there for the next couple of weeks. 
And if, and if you, if you want to get in on this, you just write down what your gift is. I wouldn't put your name on it because it's not for anybody else. It's just for you and Jesus. And then you just put that in the box as your way of saying, Jesus, this is my gift for you this Christmas. And if you do that, then Christmas is really more centered on Christ. And Christmas is really more centered on the meaning of Christmas. Oh, give gifts to others for sure. But don't miss the one who matters most. Some years ago when I studied this passage, uh, I, I was part of a, a worship team. And uh, so I was doing some music. And so I put together a little song that came out of what I studied in this passage. And it became my gift to the Lord that year. I want to sing it for you as I close. Ariel's going to come and help me. And uh, it's called Gifts for the King. And at the end of it, I'll invite you to join in as we sing, Oh, Come Let Us Adore Him, okay?
to having meaningful things that could possibly be fitting gifts for your Son, our Savior, our Lord, our God. And yet I'm praying that this Christmas you would move in our hearts by your Spirit to even point us towards something that we could bring to the King that would be an offering, that would say in a very practical, tangible, personal way, we adore him. We have come to worship him. And may you receive these gifts that we bring to your son Jesus as expressions of the hearts of those who have been saved by him and given life. So thank you. Thank you for what you did in sending your son. Thank you for what you did in sending your spirit to move in our hearts. Thank you that we can celebrate Christmas, that we can honor him. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless. For more information on Heritage College and Seminary, visit the school's website at discoverheritage.ca. To stay connected with the Reeds, visit their website at rickandlindareed.com.